cause which caused the death. I mean, they're trying to use the, you know, the civil the civil jury instructions, basically, in the criminal case. But I would expect that Carrie Morrissey, now that she has this report in hand, is going to have to move or it's going to move relatively swiftly. All right. John Day, thank you very much. We really appreciate your time. Thanks, Dan. And that does it for us tonight. Thanks for watching. Banfield starts now. everybody welcome to the banfield program it is wednesday which is thursday eve which of course would be well it's a couple days till friday but you know what we've got a lot of great stuff for you planned tonight let me start with this um don't freak out about that whole business that we all freaked out over when we were in high school uh that there's always someone more popular right? That the cheerleader uh is with the football star and their lives are made right and I'm just, you know, ho-hum. Don't freak out about that. Because tonight I have a story for you that uh, has a, a, a total beauty queen and, and football player whose lives fell apart. Look at that. That's the picture. We all think they're destined for greatness, right? These football players and beauty queens and cheerleaders. and um, Not necessarily. Because this couple here... Uh, one of them was arrested in a murder for hire um, five days before uh, some unbelievable video of a marital spat. The other really weird part of the story is that the marital spat, you would think, if you're about to kill someone or have somebody killed, you would think the marital spat would be, oh, I don't know, explosive. You're about to see video of something that I had to sort of, bleh, what, double, triple take? Ah, what? <laughs> it's really hard to believe. And I think defense attorneys would love video like that. So wait, you're going to see it all. Uh, it also comes replete with a uh, private jet. Okay. The other uh, issue uh, we're covering tonight that I think you, you will love is the story of the church deacon in the Mormon church with his lovely wife, who's the choir director. And they've got six beautiful children. And he's a dentist and beloved in the community. I smell a rat, right? Well, you should, because the allegation is that he poisoned her uh, with a bunch of stuff that uh, he ordered online and had delivered to his dental office and had delivered to his home. Hi, just wait till you hear the texts, folks, um, that he sent to his now dead wife. It's just the tip of the iceberg, let alone the multi-million dollar insurance policy. And then, of course, there's a girlfriend. There's the secret lover in Texas who he just met weeks ago, but apparently fell in love. Well, you know how it goes. Okay, then there's the old Mountain Dew trick. I thought I'd heard it all. I thought I'd heard it all. I've been in this business of you know murder mystery for decades, but I thought I'd heard it all until today. The old Mountain Dew trick. Do you know it? Because if you don't know it, you're about to learn it. It's, um, it's actually not a joke. Uh, there's a university study couple of university studies that prove Mountain Dew can actually play a part in forensic analysis or lack thereof. And you're about to find out uh, how a young Florida woman employed that very technique. Did it work? That's the question. Well, there's the mugshot. You'll find out what she's alleged to have done and why Mountain Dew became a part of it. That's all coming up in a moment. But first, divorce. It is a messy, it is an 
ugly, it is a nasty business, and sometimes it's a deadly business. <clears throat> and a lot of the attorneys that I've worked with over the years, they have said the same thing to me, that they would far rather sit at a defense table inches away from a hideous first-degree murderer than spend that much time in divorce court with a spouse fighting over custody. They say it is that much uglier, that much more painful. It's the courtroom you don't want to be in. Murders, no problem. Huh, divorces, no way. I bring that up because of tonight's very strange divorce. You would think that if a wife is arrested in a murder-for-hire plot, that just a few days before that, they'd be at the end of the line, right? It would be one of those divorces that my attorney friends say they just don't want to be a part of. They don't want to be in family court with people like this, right? You would think, and you would probably think wrong when it comes to Robert Shiver and Lindsay Shiver. They had it all. Look at them. Oh, man, the beauty queen and the football star, the pictures, These are the ones whose Instagrams, we think their lives are perfect, right? But five days before Lindsay is arrested in a murder-for-hire plot, the police say she's going to have her boyfriend and a hitman kill her football star husband, this beauty queen. You would think five days before that happens, things would be electrifyingly ugly, like violently, horrifyingly, viciously ugly, especially if you're calling 911 and police have to come to your multi-million dollar mansion. But no, this was what it looked like when the cops arrived. What's going on? Y'all are separated or what? what's the, the deal? We have filed for divorce. Okay. Living in the same house, it's hell on earth, as you can imagine. Okay. Um... But anyway, woke up this morning. We have travel plans to leave. Mm-hmm. And he's insisting that I don't go. Okay. And then I have my keys. He starts, moves me out of the way, starts trying to unload my car. Tells me he owns the car. He owns the rights to it. Just okay. got super aggressive. And that's when I called immediately because he's been physical before and I'm just not. Okay. Not so, doing that. So are you just wanting to leave? Or is he supposed to be going with you? Yeah, we're supposed to be going with our kids. Okay. All right. Um, so I don't know what, I, that's what I was asking dispatch, like what y'all can do if there's even, but of course now he's inside acting. I mean, I don't know what it is that you want us to do. I mean, if y'all are, have filed for divorce and y'all are going on a vacation other than telling him he needs to calm down. I don't personally recommend you go on a vacation if together if if there's an issue like that and y'all have filed for divorce. Right. I mean, it's obviously a hostile situation. So, is there a way that you can go without him? Or I mean, the best thing what we're gonna do is tell y'all that y'all need to separate. I mean, has he put his hands on you? That you know, have y'all been physically aggressive today? I mean, no. Just besides him moving me out of the way of my car to get to it. Okay. What do you mean he moved you out of the way? Like pushed me out of the way so he could get to my car and start unloading it. Okay. We're gonna need to talk to him then. Okay. So it's pretty calm. Then they're going to 
talk to him. They're going to they're going to bring Robert Shiver out and they're going to talk to him. And then the two of them are going to talk to each other. And then you think the fireworks are going to go right. They, they don't. And here's why. Robert filed for divorce back in April. OK, uh, he claims infidelity, says she's got a boyfriend. They plan to go on this vacation <laughs> together. They they're going to the Bahamas. They own a second home in the Bahamas. They own a private jet. And Lindsay's loading up the car uh, with their kids luggage, three boys. And Robert comes out and he's like, you're not coming. And he starts taking the luggage out of their car. And so that's what they're fighting over. And they call the police about it. Um, Lindsay says he pushed me during all of this. So here is the next thing you see with Robert's side of the story as to why Lindsay cannot come on the private jet with the rest of the family. Take a listen. So, so what's going on this morning? So for the last three weeks, maybe longer, she's had her couple's trip planned with her boyfriend to go to Key West. Okay, but um, she just said you're going. I, that was to Key West. I'm taking my kids... My three boys to the Bahamas this morning. Our kids. Our kids. Yesterday, she sent a message saying that she's going to change her plans and now get on the airplane with me and the kids to go to the Bahamas. But I own two, and by the way. And when we land, she's going to go to her boyfriend. Elsewhere. And me and the kids are going to our house. And I told her I'm not supporting that. And you're not getting on the airplane. That can mess with the kids' heads. And it's just something we're not going to do. Well... I'm on 50% of an airplane. She, on paper, owns 25 of that. And majority owner, the, or the other 50% owner, and myself are both in agreement to not have her on the airplane. So 75% says we don't want you on the plane. That doesn't mean you get aggressive, push me out of the way, push start you, unloading my car. Push you out of the way. Yes, at the back of the car. Okay, Lindsay, I did not push you or anything. He doesn't want me to go. I raised the back to grab my kids' suitcases. So With a locked leave. car. So we could leave. That's all it is. Okay. I'm going to tell you both, like I told you a minute ago, y'all have filed for divorce, okay? In situations like this, the best thing that we always recommend is y'all separate. Don't just separate from each other. You don't need to be going on vacation together if you file for divorce and it's obviously a volatile situation. That's right. That, I mean, I don't, I don't know how else to, to put it other than that, okay? Um, as far as the pushing and shoving, say Georgia advises that um, you put your hands on each other. That is an act of simple assault and you can be arrested on that for family violence, okay? Um, you're saying he did. He's saying he didn't. Of so course. I got. I, if you want to I can't. I can't. I can't uh, sit here. It's a he said, she uh, said situation. We run into it all the time. So what's gonna? All of the people that I know, if I'm an aggressive or abusive person. You want me to show them the photos? Okay. So here's what's gonna happen today. I'm gonna generate a report that we were out here and that we made contact with the both of you. I'm gonna generate a report that states you said. He physically moved you away from yes. the vehicle by pushing you away from the vehicle. You say, I didn't do that. I opened the back hatch of the vehicle, got suitcases out. Suitcase, and she stepped in front saying, you're not grabbing them, and moved me out of the way. 
Exactly. And I that we're not going to go back and forth. That's how we're going to do that. Okay. Okay. So I'm thinking these people sound, you know, uh, you know, level-headed. They're not getting along. He doesn't want her on the private jet. She wants the free ride to the Bahamas to go see her boyfriend and not stay in the second home with the husband and the kids. Uh, ultimately, they traveled separately, and they went to the Bahamas. And five days later, she was cuffed, arrested, and thrown into jail. The police say she conspired with her boyfriend and a hitman. Uh, okay. <laughs> the boyfriend's name is Terrence Adrian Bethel. He's Bahamian. The, the alleged hitman is Farod Newbold Jr. Uh, the plot, they said, was discovered when they found damning text messages, one with a picture of Robert Shiver and the words, kill him, written on it. That's what the police say. So Lindsay spent 19 days in uh, jail in the Bahamas. She was released on a $100,000 bond. But those are pretty serious charges, folks. So to try to navigate through this one, because I say that video says they weren't so aggressively hateful towards each other that a point of killing one another, right? But maybe when you're so resigned to planning to kill someone, maybe you just don't care. Dr. Robbie Ludwig is with me. She's a psychotherapist and she's the author of Till Death Do Us Part, Love, Marriage and the Mind of the Killer Spouse. Also with me, Dante Mills, prominent national trial attorney who represents A-list clients, including Kevin Hart and Kevin Hart's production company, Heartbeat. And also with me, Mark Vincent Kaplan, powerhouse divorce attorney who has repped Kevin Federline, Charlie Sheen, Chris Judd, Paula Abdul. You probably know his name because he's in the press a lot because of all those famous clients. Okay, Robbie Ludwig, I'm going to begin with you. Mm -hmm. You just saw the video of these two very level-headed spouses who don't seem to be in love anymore, but they're not tearing children out, out of each other's arms. Does this look like a woman who in five days is going to be arrested, having plotted to have him murdered. Well, you never know, uh, because very often people who are divorcing don't like each other and at the very least might have the fantasy of their spouse somehow disappearing. Um, I took this video as Lindsay trying to establish that she was level-headed, that she was the normal one, and her husband was violent or volatile in some way. So she was establishing or trying to make her husband look bad. Um, And very often with these murder-for-hire, they're called instigators. They're not professional killers. And so very often... They make mistakes or they hire people who don't know what they're doing and and they end up in this kind of scenario, allegedly. Mm. So, Dante, why do you think if a woman like Lindsay were uh, planning to have her husband killed, um, listen, she's arrested in five days, so theoretically the plot is already in motion during this time, allegedly. Why would she call 911? Do, do you think that someone is involved in something like that would want anything to do with the police? Ashley, I think she was in panic mode. And I hear that you keep saying you expect there to be a volatile situation. But let me put this to you. I don't know if you've ever planned a surprise birthday party for someone, say at a restaurant. And you know that you have to get that party to the restaurant, that person to the restaurant... And on the way, they're like, you know what? I want to eat somewhere else. You're going to go kind of in panic mode, but you're going to just be calm trying to convince them, no, this is where we have to go. The surprise party was he was going to be killed in the Bahamas, but she needed all of the parties to be there. She needed 
her husband to be there. She needed her boyfriend to be there. Um, so she needed her boyfriend on that plane. So she was determined to get her boyfriend on that plane, whether she had to call the police, whether she had to, she had to act rationally. Um, allegedly, if that was the plot, she needed everyone there. So I don't know if blowing up would have got her in that she desired. She tried to be calculated. She still, as you saw, said to the police officers, I just want us all to get on that plane and I'll go my separate ways, but we all have to get there. Could that have been why she was so uh, calculated in her response? Well, they, they have so much money. You know, they, they have oodles and oodles of money, right? They got a second home in the Bahamas. They've got this really expensive house in Thomasville, Georgia. Uh, they got a private jet, you know. I would think if it's this difficult, just get on a commercial flight and get to the Bahamas if you need to carry out your plot there. That's a lot so, Martins and Kaplan, this. <laughs> I get, it is, right? Oh, you never fly commercial again. So, Mark, um, this is a bit of an aside, but I couldn't help but wonder, because I don't live in the jet set world like that. Is it true if you own 75% of the plane, the person who owns 25% isn't allowed to go? Uh, no, no. The 75% ownership and the 25% ownership, those are both marital assets. And uh, quite frankly, this, this just doesn't make sense. If you're going to go on a vacation after a divorce is filed with the children, you go to the court. You get a court order and say, I'm going to go here. I want to be away from my wife. One of the most distressing things about this, aside from the fact that if it's true, she was plotting to murder the father of her children, is that the plot would have gone down and the children would have been there while the, while the father was murdered. How sick is that? So I don't think that, yeah, um, that she is going to be in the top five clear thinker award lists anytime soon. Yeah, and so I, I keep thinking, Robbie, about someone who's, you know, who's in the thick of a murder for hire, mm -hmm. uh, even wanting to be on the same plane as her children and husband on this, you know, journey again they're not going to vacation together necessarily they're going to fly to the bahamas together she's supposed to go to the boyfriend's home presumably and then he's going to take the children to their second home i just i'm having a tough time believing that this is somebody who's orchestrating the murder of these three little kids dad and i wonder if you've seen this sort of thing when it comes to litigation and court proceedings where they say Bring in an expert like Dr. Robbie Ludwig. You'll take the stand to say this isn't how, um, you know, couples who are on the brink of killing each other behave. Well, I think there's no one way of how couples behave. You know, if somebody really wants to kill their partner, they're enraged and they think their partner is standing in the way of them living the life that they deserve to live. And it can look many different ways. And very often women will either kill through poisoning or through hiring a hitman because in their mind, then they didn't really do it. They didn't really kill their partner. They might have set it up in motion, but they weren't one to actually kill them off. And, and the benefit, if you scratch the surface, is usually financial gain. This is the best way to get the money that they feel that they want. So it's really hard to tell how somebody behaves if they want to kill a partner. They could look like the most innocent person in the world. Yeah, but do you think, Dante, if, if you were part of this, you know, if you were part of this case, that that would be an argument for 
or against the defendant. And I say that because if you're defending her, you might say, there's no way this woman was planning to kill her husband. Look, look at this tape. There seems to be nothing that egregious between them. Or she's completely resigned to the plan being carried out and therefore has lost all love and has lost all panic. See, it's all about controlling the narrative. And I think that there's two sides to it. If you're prosecuting her, you're going to say she wanted to make sure everybody got there. If you're defending her, you're going to say her actions was very calm. Um, she did not want to escalate the situation. She, in fact, she called the police to de-escalate the situation. And she knew that if the police were there a couple of days before, that she would be a suspect. So she wouldn't put herself in that position if she was going to have him killed where they knew that they were having marital, marital problems in spats only five days before. So there's arguments for both sides. But what you want to look for is, did she take any other steps to do that or to move that forward? I think that's where you would have to, to point if you're prosecuting this case. Ashley, can I you just... Know, Dante, well, I'm just going to follow up with that and say, oh, yeah, go, go ahead. Go ahead, Mark. So if the only evidence that the police have is that there was a text message that said, kill him, I mean, I hate to belittle that. It's a terrible thing to communicate. But I can't tell you how many cases I've had where in the heat of a uh, extramarital affair breakdown of a marriage, someone says, I want to kill him or kill him. God, he I just wish he was dead. Mm -hmm. And that's often the case in those kinds of charged situations. So um, I don't know. To me, it looks as if neither one of them are clear thinkers. And I think that the police are going to need to have a lot more than just a text message that says kill him. I don't know what other evidence there is, but um, I think there's a long way to go before anyone rushes to judgment on this one. Well, we've got a, apparently the boyfriend says that um, the, the, they were just venting in text messages. So you're right. I mean, I think that's what they'll that's how they'll defend that one. But, Mark, before sure. I let you go, I actually wanted to ask you a quick question. As I was prepping for this story uh, across my feed came news about one of your former clients, uh, former spouses, Kevin Federline's former wife, Brittany Spears, apparently is separating from uh, Sam Ashgari, who she's only been married to for, I think, 14 months. Do you have any inside track on uh, what's going on there? I don't have any inside track on that, but um, from Kevin's standpoint, he just hopes that they work it out and that, um, you know, the, the media is a heavy focus on this one. And uh, he just hopes that everything works out for the best, whether that's being together or not being together. He just hopes that... Uh, they make good decisions and, and work out, either go their separate ways or get back together, whatever is best for them. He wishes her the best. Do, can I follow up on that? And I don't know if you'll have the answer to this, because, you know, if you read her feed and the people who comment on it, there are a lot of people who think that she now is showing signs that perhaps that conservatorship wasn't such a bad idea, that, that she is sort of having a very difficult time melting down, being very, very volatile and unusual uh, on, on social media. Does, does Kevin Federline have any thoughts about that? No, not really. I mean, I've, I've said before on behalf of Kevin that from a financial standpoint, the conservatorship was a very good positive um, event in her life. Uh, when, when they first separated and shortly thereafter, her finances were deplorable. Thereafter, after a long time, her finances were such that she had about a 65 million dollar net worth. So from that standpoint, uh, it was a positive thing. 
I don't know the personal toll that that took upon her. And you can also imagine after being in a conservatorship for 13 years or more, that all of a sudden decisions that you never had to deal with are all of a sudden foisted upon you. It puts a lot of pressure on somebody. And I think that probably is taking its toll in some some respects. It's interesting, and I will um, I will echo what you said and what Kevin Federline said. I certainly hope the best for them. I never like to see um, people split up like that, especially after such a short, only 14 months of being married. So, Mark Vincent-Kamplin, thank you for doing double duty on those two stories. I'm Robbie Ludwig and Dante Mills. Thank you both for your wisdom tonight. Thank Appreciate you. it, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. All right, coming up after the break, uh, church-going, dentist, deacon, choir director, six kids. So did he really order the poison online that was delivered to their home um, and spike her smoothie because that's what the police say he did. You're going to hear about rule number one in Murder Club. Don't Google how to kill someone with poison if you're going to order poison and have it delivered to your home and your office and then use it, allegedly. More of the story next. Okay, so I shouldn't even have to say this, and honestly, there shouldn't even really be a murder handbook, but um, one thing you shouldn't do if you're planning to murder your wife, (laughs) you shouldn't have your mistress come and visit you while the wife's on life support. It's just not a good look. It's not. So this is the allegation against one Dr. James Craig. There he is with his mugshot because he's been arrested, for poisoning his wife by spiking her smoothie with cyanide, potassium cyanide, uh, tetrahydrozoline, which is the main ingredient in Visine, and then a little arsenic on the side. Uh, The evidence in this case is bonkers. Um, These two, as they appear in their pictures, were like the pillar of society. They're both like big into the Mormon church. He's a deacon. She's a choir director. He's a dentist. She's beloved. And the allegation is that he was having a three-week-long affair with another dental person, an orthodontist in Texas, that he met at a convention. Um, She says, I I had no idea that he was married. He said he was divorcing. The orthodontist was also in the middle of a divorce. Her name was Karen Kane. She says they clicked. They even, like, texted I love you and all the rest. But then the wife is dead from a milkshake. They have six kids. I couldn't believe a lot of this story when I read it in the Daily Mail. That's why we called up our good friend Caitlin Becker, who's a senior reporter for the Daily Mail, just to make sure we weren't misreading this one. But it, I, mean, I just keep getting more and more details from you and your reports that just leave me sort of gobsmacked. This latest business about the, the, the mistress coming to visit while the wife's on life support. Is that when maybe the police got wise? You know, I really think the police got wise pretty early on, I think even before she went on life support, when a nurse who is a mandatory reporter had to flag that it was possible that Angela had been ingesting potassium cyanide because a co-worker had seen some delivered to the office. And then you have mistress coming to town around the same time. And what is interesting here is that after the fact, the 
she hates the word mistress, but I assume everyone who's a mistress hates the word mistress. You know, this doctor, this orthodontist gave an interview where she said that they were not making big plans together. And we actually have email exchanges between Craig and his mistress that were contained in some police documents that she was kind of pulling back a little bit saying, I understand you're going through a lot with your wife and maybe I shouldn't come. I don't want to take you away with that because apparently she was under the impression that they were in the middle of separating and divorcing and that she was not necessarily a mistress. You know, I'm with you on the mistress. Um, I covered a story quite some time ago where um, a female lover, you know, wrote extensively about the fact that there's no equal word for a guy who's a mistress. You know, so it is very unfair to use the word mistress. Let's just go with lover, even though I hate that word too. <laughs> but this oh, isn't I... the first time, Caitlin, that this doctor, Dr. James Craig, allegedly tried to poison his wife. Uh, there, you'll have to really clear me up on this one because it seems as though he actually ad admitted to her that he had doused something of hers before. What, what's that all about? You know, Ashley, it happened some five or six years before Angela passed away. The way we understand it is that he allegedly had dosed her with something to basically knock her out because he had planned on ending his own life and didn't want her to interrupt his suicide attempt. Obviously, he is still alive. She is no longer. But after that fact, in text messages, when she was allegedly being poisoned by this arsenic and not feeling well, we have copies of the text messages where he says to her, considering our history, I want you to know, there it is right there, given our history, I know this must be triggering, just for the record, I didn't drug you. Of course, he is facing murder charges for doing just that. So it does seem like this is not the first time he allegedly went down this road. And I also have no reason to believe that the original story that he drugged her to knock her out so that he could take his own life is true. Well, she's talked to her sister a lot before she was, you know, before she succumbed to these injuries. And the sister said that um, the poor wife had said that Dr. Jim was, upset, quote, obsessed with pornography, had many affairs, lost thousands of dollars, gambling in Vegas, dental business was in uh, bankruptcy. So it sounds as though, and I've only got a couple seconds left, it sounds as though the case they've put together uh, has a lot of witnesses, a lot of hard evidence, and um, much of it is, is his own doing some of this evidence. Much of it is Google searches. I mean, how many times are you and I going to sit here and talk about someone who is on trial for murder who searched <laughs> how to kill the person who has died? His Google searches are extensive. In addition to just searching for things like the perfect poison and what cannot be detected in an autopsy, he also has Amazon orders and other online orders of things like arsenic and potassium cyanide being delivered to his home and office. You never can figure out how these smart people do such dumb things if, in fact, he is the, the killer here. Caitlin Becker of the Daily Mail, always good to have you. Thanks for this. Thanks, Ashley. And great reporting, too. We will have Caitlin back early and often. All right, we are at day 11. Day 11 since the murder of Rachel Moran in Maryland. She's that beautiful mom of five who went out for a run on a hiking trail, never came back, body found the next day hideously beaten uh, and murdered. So here's the sad part. When will women's lib extend to women who just want to go for a run? Because this actually happens a lot more uh, than you might think. 
women being attacked by people they don't even know. At this point, we don't know what we don't know because the police don't know who the suspect is. But is it possible it is just completely random? A couple of cases like that when we come back and the lead investigator on the case live next. So we are still waiting 11 days in for an update um, to some resolution to the awful murder of Rachel Morin, that mom of five in Maryland who went hiking, uh, went for a run on a Saturday night on a hiking trail and was found brutally murdered the next day. Still no suspect, no arrests, police still searching for her killer. There are a couple of new things I want to bring to your attention tonight. Here's what I have. Uh, The Harford County um, cops now uh, are now pushing for um, cameras some new cameras to be installed on the, the trail. It's called the Ma and Pa Trail. Uh, that's where she was found. Also, the Sheriff's Foundation in Harford County, they purchased a new Gator ATV out there to facilitate some enhanced patrols along that trail. Um, and the family of Rachel Morin, the victim in this case, um, they have a planned Um, event called a trail of flowers and lights. It's a memorial that's supposed to happen this Saturday, uh, the 19th at the Ma and Pa trail. It's got the hashtag. If you want to look it up and and get some info, remembering Rachel Marin. Here's the thing. It is not uncommon for women to go out running and be attacked and murdered by people who are complete strangers. It's not always the boyfriend or the lover or whatever. Um, Let me give you an example. Uh, Karina Vetrano. She was jogging on Long Island back in 2016, found brutally beaten, sexually assaulted, murdered 15 feet from the path. It was a 22-year-old man named Chanel Lewis. He didn't know her. Uh, Molly Tibbetts. She was a college student. She vanished in 2018 while out for a run on a rural road outside Brooklyn, Iowa. She was attacked by an illegal immigrant named uh, Christian Rivera, beaten, murdered, hidden in a cornfield. He didn't know her. And Sydney Sutherland, 2020, out jogging near her home in Jackson County, Arkansas, uh, found sexually assaulted, murdered by an acquaintance, 28-year-old Quake, uh, Quake, Quake Llewellyn is his name. But it happens, you know. Sometimes it's just a complete boogeyman. Uh, Colonel William Davis is the chief deputy of Harford County Sheriff's Office. He joins me now live on this case. Colonel, is there any update to this case that you know of? Um, I really don't have any investigative updates that I can put out right now. I can tell you we have a team of at least 10 detectives working on this case. We have contacted the FBI and the Maryland State Police Crime Labs to help us with analyzing some of the evidence that we have collected. And uh, we're, the, the, the investigation is progressing. I can tell you that. I just don't have anything that I can put out to the media or out to the community right now. But we're hoping to have some updates that we can put out very soon. Okay, let, let me just dovetail on what you said about getting the Maryland uh, State Crime Lab and the FBI Crime Labs to help you out with some of the evidence. Did you discover any DNA at the scene that's being analyzed by those labs? Yeah, I knew. I had a feeling you were going to ask me that question because that would be the assumption. But I really don't want to say what we recovered and what they're analyzing for us because obviously the uh, killer is still out there and we're still searching for that person. And we don't want them to know what we have and what we don't have uh, just yet. Okay, I will, I I will add in that, that uh, you mentioned that it's okay. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. 
I was going to say, you mentioned that it's not unusual for uh, a woman to be out on a trail or out at, in a community and get attacked by a stranger. And that is most definitely true. Uh, it is unusual for our community here in Hartford County for something like that to happen. And uh, we have a great community here, and we, we've put out the information about the tips. Our tip line is 410-836-5430, and we also have an email tip line uh, that we recently established. Yep, you have it up on the screen right now. And our community is tremendous. Uh, they are calling in tips. They always are very supportive of us, and they very much want to help us solve this crime. So. Not only do we have our detectives out there, we have our community out there trying to help us out as well. Can you tell me if she was sexually assaulted? I can't tell you that right now. Okay. Also, uh, any footage from surveillance cameras? I know the trail doesn't have them, but leading toward the trail that you were able to glean. So we have had uh, people give us whatever they, as you know, as you uh, said in the uh, prelude to the segment that, we have been asking people to send us in any videos that they may have taken on the trail or pictures on the trail and any videos that they may have found or, or personal videos from homes or whatever else is out there. And people have been sending those to us. And we are going through those painstakingly uh, currently right now to try to figure out if maybe we can find somebody on one of those videos that might be a suspect in this case. But, yeah, we have gotten some videos. Well, let, me, uh, but... let me do it. You have received some videos. Yeah, people have sent okay. us some things, yes. Uh, and let me just help you out here by repeating the address for the tips. Um, it's uh, rmtips at hartfordsheriff.org. It's on your screen there, rmtips at hartfordsheriff.org, or the number on your screen, 410-836-5430. Colonel Davis, thanks for being on. And, um, you know, when you're ready to give some of those details out, really appreciate um, another visit from you on the program. Absolutely. Thank you. Nice to have you. Thanks very much, and the best of luck with the investigation. Okay, so uh, coming up after the break, this is a strange one. Um, it's kind of on the, the line of the How to Get Away with Murder book. Uh, you usually commit your crime away from prying eyes. You make sure you have an alibi, and then you have a nice cold can of Mountain Dew standing by. But not just regular Mountain Dew, diet Mountain Dew. And that's a detail that's important. I'll tell you why next. I was crossing the street when I met the love of my life. I chased after her. Nothing would stand in my way. Not the dog walker, nor the hot dog vendor. Finally reaching her, I asked, what do you call that amazing smell? Um, it's Gain Flings. Gain Flings. My love had a name. But more importantly, it had a scent. Fall in love with Gain Flings. Seriously good scent. Gain Flings with 50% more freshness ingredients versus leading bargain detergent. This is your captain. We are going to be experiencing some slight turbulence. Please fasten your... Oh, hold on. Just got a video of my cat. Imagine the pilot of an airplane was as confident as you are texting and driving. Seems kind of crazy when you put it like that. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Roxanne Watson is on a mission to have more people sign up as organ, eye, and tissue donors. What drives her? Roxanne received a heart transplant made possible by an organ donor. I decided that day to devote myself to signing up the most people in the United States. <laughs> 
That's my goal. Now she's a powerful force for good. What could you make possible as an organ, eye, and tissue donor? Leave behind the gift of life. Go to organdonor.gov. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. For more than a century, AM radio has evolved to meet the needs of our community. In their car, at home, or on the job, more than 80 million listeners depend on AM radio each month. AM radio is also the backbone of the emergency alert system, which keeps us safe in dangerous times. It's reliable, free, and public safety depends on it. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress we need AM radio in cars. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. This is the News Nation audio stream, available 24-7 on the News Nation app or on your Alexa. Just say, play News Nation. After I lost my mom, I lost my way. Then I found youth advocate programs, yet behavioral health services. As a little kid, I made some mistakes, but I'm not a mistake. YAP gives communities alternatives to residential care, youth incarceration, and neighborhood violence. After completing our program, nearly 90% of participants remain in their community. YAP works. I'm working towards a bright future. Youth advocate programs. Others talk social change. We make it happen. Learn more at yapinc.org. Together. Juntos. Together. We stand up to cancer. On Saturday, August 19th, join Stand Up to Cancer for all the inspiration. Together, we can stand up for our family and friends and everyone who is battling this disease. Celebrating all the progress and innovation. So just stand up with us. One night to save lives. Join the millions in the fight against cancer. Tune in Saturday, August 19th at 8, 7 central on ABC, CBS, Fox, and NBC. For more ways to watch, visit StandUpToCancer.org. Some people won't give you the real talk on drugs, but it's time we know the facts. Fentanyl is often laced into illicit drugs and used to make fake versions of prescription pills. You can't see it, taste it, or smell it. Suppliers mix fentanyl into their products because it's potent and cheap, and the dealer might not even know. Keep yourself and others safe by knowing the real deal on fentanyl. Get the facts. Go to realdealonfentanyl.com. This message is brought to you by the Ad Council. Maybe he was born with his witty humor. Some people bring joy wherever they go. Some whenever they go. Or as a frontier newspaper reporter. There's nothing to be learned from the second kick of the mule. Maybe he got his insights from being a riverboat captain. Never argue with a fool. Onlookers may not be able to tell the difference. Wherever he went, Mark Twain found humor all around. Humor. Pass it on. From PassItOn.com. When police found 79-year-old Michael Sarasoli uh, dead in a house fire, they thought he died in a house fire. Till they found him with stab wounds and his head bashed in. Till they went looking for his roommate, who two hours later they found at a fast food restaurant. Uh, her name is Nicole Max. She's 35 years old. She had blood on her leg, a ripped shirt, no shoes, and she was carrying a knife and a hammer. She dropped the tools when the police approached her. And then she asked for a can of Diet Mountain Dew. Well, they gave it to her. And instead of drinking it, she dumped it all over her head. And for that, she's been charged not only with the premeditated first-degree murder and resisting arrest, tampering with evidence. Because they say the Mountain Dew has Splenda in it. And Splenda destroys forensic evidence. Huh? And I'm not the only one saying this with the uh, cops here. No, 
It's actually a study at North Carolina State and the University of North Carolina saying that Splenda, the sweetener that's used in Diet Mountain Dew and some other sodas, can destroy forensic evidence. So I had to ask Joseph Scott Morgan, what the what the? The reason I asked Joseph Scott Morgan is because he's a forensic analyst analyst and a certified death investigator, and he's a distinguished scholar of applied forensics at Jacksonville State University. How does it work? How does Mountain Dew and Splenda destroy forensic evidence? Hey, Ash, thanks for giving me this case. This is so bizarre. Uh, yeah, it's He's the sweetener's crazy. called sucralose, and it is, it's actually a substance that is used as an artificial sweetener. Uh, and there is this, this academic study that was performed by NC State. Uh, my, I think my question is, is that did the accused have time to sit around and read a dry, uh, a dry academic uh, a paper about this. Did she have this deep understanding? Because that goes to intent. When she took this drink to pour it on there, did she have the intent to destroy uh, this at a molecular level? Because what happens is that NC State opines that application of the substance is uh, something uh, that's actually referred to as geno- uh, actually genotoxic uh, or muta. Uh, mutagenic. And so it goes in and it actually binds with or destroys the proteins within the DNA. And so it eradicates it. Now, I I don't know how deep they've dug into the study because a lot of this involves study of the gut. And that means the ingestion of it, how it infects us internally, and the metabolism of the substance into our being. And just to apply it superficially, but here's the hook, and I don't want to bury the lead, but she didn't, she didn't get all of the DNA. She didn't get the DNA at the scene. And that, that's the problem here. Oh, very good point. I knew you'd have something. Um, but I just find the whole thing so crazy. I know about bleach. I know how criminals use yeah. bleach all the time. I had not heard about the Mountain Dew trick, and I'm curious as to whether a bunch of cops know about it now, too. Uh, they did charge her. Hey, Joseph Scott Morgan, we're going to follow this case and see what the uh, see what happens at trial if it ever gets there. And maybe we can dig a little deeper to find out if one can is enough. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Please call me. Oh, I always will. Thank you so much. Coming up after the break, I have an update for you from um, I have an update from the Idaho prosecutors in the murder of those University of Idaho students. Uh, They have an accusation themselves now, not against him, but against his lawyers. Uh, They say that there's something underhanded going on in the way they're doing this case. I'll tell you about it next. When I started covering um, the law uh, 20-ish years ago, one of the most joyous things about it was learning so much, uh, including a lot of new words, like dilatory, like dilatory tactics. That sounds pretty fancy. Uh, And here it comes today. It's in use. Prosecutors in Idaho say that the defense attorneys for Brian Koberger are using dilatory tactics, unfair and underhanded, trying to grind the litigation to a halt to buy more time uh, for their defense. Flimsy arguments. Case in point, Ann Taylor, his lawyer, actually filed a motion last month probing the selection of the grand jurors who indicted him. And they say she didn't even have a basis for that. And on Friday, they're going to be in front of a judge to deal with that motion and some other ones. That's one of their examples of how the prosecutors say, This is not the way we're supposed to be fighting cases or defending them, but maybe it's exactly what she should be doing. We will find out 